0: Good morning. Good morning, LLH. Um, good morning to all who are on. I don't know some of you are on for the first time. Welcome. Uh, welcome to New Life Horizon Church. Um, this morning, my name is Anne forbes Blaine. for those who don't know me. Um, and I'll be sharing from... Acts 8 this morning. Um, my sister Tamar will be reading the scripture that we'll be using this morning. So I will just invite Tamar to go ahead and read Acts 8, verse 1 to 8, and continue from 26 onwards. Good
1: morning, everyone. Good morning. It is such a privilege to be in the house of the Lord this lovely overcast day. I'm going to be reading today from the NLT version and this Acts chapter 8 as Sister Ann said verses 1 through 8 and then again from 26 to the end to 40. So it reads, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear the message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Picking up at verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over, walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before his sharers, he did not, and as a lamb is silent before his sharers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his des- who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me. Was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, there's, some, there's water, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotas. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Here ends the reading this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, my
0: sister. Thank you, my sister, for, the, um, for highlighting the scriptures for me this morning we're, we're in the book of acts we continue in the book of acts last week dr Murphy spoke on Acts 7 where he encouraged us to become into the family business as image makers of christ and um this week in the going into the family business requires us to do a couple of things a couple of things that we would not have wanted to do under normal circumstances. As we are, although we are saved, we are unwilling. Um, Jesus instructed his disciples in, uh, to move from Jerusalem to Ju- Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. In Acts 1, verse 8. And also in Matthew 24, verse 14, he instructed the disciples to spread the gospel. But by Acts 8, they had not moved. They were still in Jerusalem. And they were not obedient to the Lord's command. They were still there. And so the church church back then wasn't just a building, like how, you know, you go to the church and it's a building and it's an actual place. Back then it was like a core group, something where we gathered together. And as um, Sister Rifa was talking about this morning, they were concerned one to another in love and so they gave all, they gave all to one another. And so church back then didn't look like what we know church to be. However, um, they got stuck in where they were. They were in core groups, but they didn't do what the Lord has told them to do. And they were stuck there. We have to remember the context in which this, this thing was written by Luke. This The word of God was, was written by Luke. The context is jesus came to the jewish people the jewish people were where they were people who ethnically did not cross certain lines they were told to stay within themselves and so they lived life within the jew related to other jew they saw everyone else not as the chosen people and everyone else was outside of their environment but Jesus was saying to them bring the word from genesis to revelation god has always said show the people who i am so they can worship me however the israelites they were not willing um in doing so it has caused a situation where the gospel did not spread as quickly as it should um The gospel of Jesus Christ is something that cannot stay stagnant. So it must spread. And so the people of um, Jerusalem, the converts of Jerusalem, did not go over to Judea nor Samaria. It took Philip, who went and spread the word to the Samaritans. Instead, the Jews, they were so unwilling to spread the gospel. They were just stuck in Jerusalem. They did not want to cross ethnical lines, according to what theologists say in my studies. Preaching uh, preaching to the Samaritans was, was not something that they wanted to do necessarily because they did not like the samaritans and the samaritans were were half-caste people and they were not interested in spreading the gospel to them however in john 4 verse 9 jesus um we it it recognized that the jew did not like the samaritans and the samaritans did not like the jews but jesus went to the woman at the 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 well the Samaritan, Samaritan woman and he gave her the blueprint. He told her that he was the Messiah. And so, as a result of her, she did a come see a man situation and she spread the word in her in her little village. This Hellenistic Jew, Philip, we're going to look into his life and see what we can learn from Philip. Um, however, my my topic this morning it is a topic which asks us our fingerprint for the gospel fingerprint what is a fingerprint it is our identity it identifies us it is unique to us and to us alone there are no two fingerprints that are alike. if you went somewhere and you did something and you left your fingerprint Anybody in the world who knows anything about this knows that you can be identified because nobody can duplicate your fingerprints. The police, the the FBI, the CIA can find you easily because fingerprints are unique. My topic today is how have you left your mark with the gospel of Christ? What fingerprint have you left? In, in in your opportunities to, to share the gospel. And so we're going to look at Philip. We're going to look at what Philip has to offer us with what fingerprint he left to with the gospel of Christ, for the gospel of Christ. Philip is a man of faith. He was a deacon. Philip, like Stephen, was one of the seven that um was called to serve as deacon in the church there was a a confrontation about the the hellenistic jews the Hellenistic widows that they were not being fed again here is a um ethical situation hellenistic meaning the jews that were greek speaking jews they did not speak hebrew they were like first generation children in the U.S. of immigrants, so um, they were they didn't have the same background. And in Acts six verse five, we can read that up and 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 see what happened, why they 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 were being ignored. Against Philip is um he was the one. He was that one person who, when prosecution started, he went to the Samaritan. After, it was also said that Philip was one of the 72 that Jesus sent out in Luke 10, verse 1. Philip was um, the one who went and proclaimed Christ to the Ethiopian Jew. The Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch is um, one of the first persons to receive the gospel on the continent of Africa. Can you believe that? God loves us that much. Um, Philip was also mentioned in Acts 21 um, verse 8 onwards with Paul visiting him and um they were traveling and they stopped by his home and it was mentioned that he had four daughters that were prophets and they were unmarried so this is when he was living in samaria so philip ministry obviously went for a long time because the 20 years later it was mentioned um, and he was still a man of god obviously his ministry existed over a period of time. Sister Tashina so wonderfully worship with us about do what no man can do. Um, excuse me, I forgot to pray. Can you imagine talking without praying? So, Father, even as we're going to your word and breaking your word, Father, let the words of your mouth, of my mouth, and the meditation of your heart be acceptable. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Lord, do what no man can do except you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, um, as Tashina worship, I was taken aback because the same songs she was singing, I was humming them in the, the, the shower this morning. So I was like, girl, you are definitely in my house this morning. You are definitely... Um, hearing from God because it was the same song I was singing and so and everybody this morning, I didn't even have to say anything because the basis of the sermon this morning somebody said something about it, in terms of submission, in terms of the obedience, in terms of the fact that we are Only God can do certain things for us. Um, And so we are are looking at this thing in terms of fingerprint, but it is only God who can move on your heart for you to understand clearly what God is saying to you. So we're going to ask the Lord to move on your heart this morning because we need honesty this morning, honesty with ourselves looking in the mirror and say, okay, yes, there's a zit right on my forehead. It needs to be removed. The zit on my forehead needs to be removed because the truth is, it is obvious. And the Lord, what the Lord is pointing us to this morning is our obedience. Philip was a man who was obedient to God. It is evident in the scripture this morning in Acts 1, between Acts 8, verse 4, it was evident that he was obedient. When he was being prosecuted, though prosecuted, he left and he shared the gospel. Philip had an obedient heart and Philip heard the Holy Spirit and he listened and obeyed developing intimacy with god requires an obedient heart it requires us constantly encountering when we encounter the holy spirit to be at a place to be willing to submit to be willing to surrender and to open our hearts to god's leading it it is it is not something that we are obedient today and then ne- Um, The next minute the Lord says something to us and we're not obedient and then we're obedient again and then uh, we're not feeling so good. We're not up to it. And so we're not obedient. Obedience needs to be constant. And in my studies, I realized that as Christians, we are not obedient. The, the, The word today is not just for you, but it is also for me. We are not consistent in our behavior in terms of obedience. This was evident in Philip's life. Philip saw the power of God because he was obedient. What type of heart is obedient? A heart that hears. How do we hear? Um, The word of God says in Mark 4, 23, that he who has a hear Uh, Let them hear. We have physical ears, but we also have spiritual ears. Our spiritual ears cause us to hear God's voice when He speaks. It is not just the physical. We are spiritual beings, so we are to listen from a place of our heart. Jesus said, He who has an ear, let him hear. He was not talking about the physical here. He was talking about your spirit. He who has an attentive heart, an attentive heart is obedient to God. How do you have an attentive heart? It means that you have to tune into God. If we are carrying them on and be on our way doing our own thing, we will not hear what God is saying. This morning, somebody mentioned being still. We need to be still before the Lord. In the stillness, we hear his voice. If we are constantly busy, we cannot hear the Lord's voice. And the um, Solomon, the most wise person, um, according to to what the Lord has has done in terms of his life, says in Proverbs eight: "Listen to t- listen, and you'll be blessed." Proverbs eight verse thirty-two: "Listen, and you will be blessed." In James 1, verse 9, it says you are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. If we're honest, we are quick to speak and slow to listen. Because we need to get our point across. We need to say something. Lord, you don't see what is happening. Lord, have you seen this? This is what is happening to us. No, we enter into the presence of God and we rattle off our prayers. And we said, yes, we prayed. No, we did not. It says quick to listen spend time and listen to the, the lord then we will have obedient hearts solomon says to the lord incline my ear to your voice in proverbs verse 4 verse 20 and in proverbs 5 verse 1 um i have a mini google that um at it 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 has a thing where it goes when it is listening to you. Um, When we have phone conversation and there is something that you said um, and Google wants to pick up what you have said or you're on the phone or the television is on, it picks up. You hear it goes click click and it picks up what you are saying. It is very attentive. Also, with Siri, when Siri just came out, I had, I have a Jamaican accent. The person who owned the phone had a British accent. Siri would be um, commanded to do this and commanded to do that. One day I picked up the phone and asked Siri to do something for me. Now what Siri said, I don't recognize your voice. The Jamaican accent, Siri did not in, was not interested in my Jamaican accent. I could not command Siri to do one thing. She did not identify with me in any way, shape, or form. That is how we are to be with God. The Lord says, my sheep knows my voice, and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. This makes us attentive towards God, quick to listen to him. And if we are not quick to listen to him, we are to, like Solomon, ask him to incline our ears to him. Incline our heart to him. Most things that happens, it is not us that run into God. It is God that draws us into him. So from a place of being obedient, we need these things in order to be obedient. Another thing that I noticed about Philip, he had a humble heart. Psalm 25, verse 8 to 9. A humble heart is led by God to what is right. If we're not humble, we're not hearing from God. We're hearing from ourselves or we're hearing from what we really want to do. Pride is one of the way of Christian that affects us. So we cannot hear God because we're all about us and what is happening with us. It says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart. We need to guard our hearts and be mindful that we can't just let everything in our hearts. We are to recognize when we're being obedient and incline our ears to the Lord and incline our our hearts to the Lord. It says in Psalm 95, verse 4, Harden not your ears. If you hear the word of God, do not harden your ears. So we recognize that Philip didn't have hard areas in his heart. And he inclined his ears. And that is what we are to do in order to make a fingerprint wherever we go. Our heart condition must be right. And as a result of heart condition being right, then we are able to walk in obedience. Amen. The Lord. Thank you, sister. At least I feel like there's a church in here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord prefers obedience. He prefers obedience. He doesn't want us to be beaten and to be snudged each time. He has to slap us into to, to in the right way. It says in Samuel 15 verse 22. That we are to humble ourselves before him. And he prefers obedience. Obedience causes us to be a friend of God. John 14 21. Obedience gives us power. Romans 6, verse 16 to 18, it gives us power when we are slaves to righteousness, when we pay attention to what God is saying. Then we can expect to see the power of the Holy Spirit turning up because there's no sin in our lives. There's no hardened areas. There's no area that we have hardened. The Lord says, Go over there and give Sister Karen $10,000. We sit down there and we say, Lord, we rebuke this devil. It's the only $10,000 that I have. Sister Karen look quite nice. Sister Karen have our gold earring and our gold base. Why I must give it to her? It is the Lord. You never know what is around the corner for you. So being obedient, it is not about us. It is us being obedient, not because of duty, but because of our love of God. And out of that, we choose not to sin. We choose to obey him, because we love Christ. It is not a dutiful thing. We can be obedient and no power, and nothing happens. Why? Because we're just doing it out of duty. LH, myself included, stop acting out of duty, because we're just being obedient. It is supposed to be from a place of love christ loved us and so he gave us everything we are we are to love christ from a place of doing obedience it is from a place of love everything the very foundation of the gospel is from a place of god of love so yes we learned that um, philip was obedient and as a result of his obedience It affected his entire life. It affected people around him. Individuals were saved and people got to know Christ as a result. Obedience is often a struggle for us. And if we're honest, when the Lord says to give away money or to do something we don't want to do, we harden our hearts and we say no. Or if the Lord says, Love somebody, reach out to somebody that is not like us. Our own prejudice causes us not to cross a car, across lines. LH, myself included, what is the Lord saying to you today? What is the Lord saying to you today in terms of obedience? In order for us to leave a fingerprint, on other's life, to touch them in a positive way, what is he saying to you? We don't wait on the right conditions. We don't wait on the right things according to our way, but we wait on the Lord and his obedience to his timing and to his will. What is the second thing we can learn from Philip? Philip was a man of faith. He left his fingerprint for the gospel through his faith. I believe Philip had enduring faith. And so he was able to cross ethnical lines in preaching to the Samaritans. He went across to the Samaritans, though they were hated. They were hated by the Jews. And the, the Samaritans hated the Jews, as, as I mentioned earlier in John. Who were the Samaritans, though? Who are they? The Samaritans were half Jews, they were descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh. In the city of Samaria, the city of Samaria was conquered by the Assyrians in 722 BC. If you need to read up more about this, you can read in 2 Kings, verse 17, and onwards. The Assyrians were known to be hostile people, and they made sure that when they conquered your land, they discombobulated you. They caused, they, they, they caused havoc. Not only did they take all your things in terms of whatever riches or, or others other things you may have, they removed that, they also deported the people that were educated, that were um, the middle class, the upper class, they deported them from Samaria and they brought Gentiles. And the remaining Jews that were there now decided to intermarry with these Gentiles. This was a no-no for the Jewish nation and they were hated for it. They were half caste, half breed, not accepted. You know, Jamaicans, we are not half caste, half breed, but we mix up, as we would say. We mix up. We can't say, okay, we can trace our lineage to here or there. We are mixed up. So we can identify with the Samaritans. So we were the people who, by the Jews, were nobodies. On top of it, the people that were left in Samaria, they were the lower class. So, you know, they weren't necessarily willing to associate with, with, with them. And then on top of that, not only were they the lower class, they have decided to marry into, with the Gentiles. That's, this was not acceptable. Philip went to Samaria after fleeing, fleeing um. Jud jerusalem acts 8 verse 4 they were scattered it said philip arrived in Samaria, in not Somalia, samaria <laughs> samaria samaria sorry he arrived in samaria not hiding not hidden in a bushel not arm um, behind a chariot hiding remember Paul or Saul is still out there trying to ensure that he kills every um, Christian, draw them off the prison, arrest them. And so Philip arrived in this place that he should have hated these people. But instead, what did he do? He proclaimed the gospel. He declared and testified of God's goodness. This showed here that he was a man of faith. He never buckled. He never back down. He never decided, say, oh, you know, because Paul is attacking us, make we go hide. No, he decided that though he had the opportunity to hide, what did he do? He came, Philip came, and he proclaimed the gospel. He proclaimed the gospel that five years earlier, Jesus came to the Samaritan at the woman of the well at the well and say i am the messiah i have the water the water that will make you never thirsty he stepped out in faith in order for the gospel to leave his fingerprint in samaria will you step out in faith in what the lord is calling you to do will you step out in faith And leave your fingerprint on somebody's life today. Not just somebody, but an entire city. Imagine that. An entire city. What did Philip accomplish this day? Philip went and let the light of Christ shine through him. He loved the people from a place. from the place of christ christ was seen in him and so he loved the samaritans these were people that were different these were people that was who hated him and he should have hated but instead he went with the love of of god and what was the result unclean spirit shrieked as as tamar read earlier shriek came out with loud noise the power of the Holy Spirit was present here. Second thing that, 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 that resulted, the sick became healed. The third thing, souls were saved. And the fourth thing that happened as a result of his faith and stepping out in God's will and being obedient is that an entire city was joyful. Can you imagine if when we go to Kenya, Juja, the entire city was saved and filled with joy. Can you imagine? Just take a time out and imagine that. The entire city of Judah, Judah, saved. The entire city of Nairobi, saved. That is no simple thing. We read it often, but do we really think about it and see what happens? An entire city filled with joy, and you know why I know that it wasn't just people being excited and happy. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6, salvation brings joy. In Luke 15, verse 7, salvation brings joy. In Acts 8, verse 8, salvation brings joy. Acts 8, verse 39, the eunuch left. Enjoy, not happy. Happy changes. Anything can happen with, uh, happen with happiness. It changes. It go back and forth. It is. It is um fickle. But the joy of the Lord is something completely different. It is given to us by the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord is given to us by God Himself. The third thing that we will learn from Philip is to be able to step out of our comfort zone and trust God. That is speaking to me. I don't know about anybody else, but I enjoy being comfortable. I enjoy being comfortable. I enjoy comfort. Think about it. Stepping out of our comfort zone means moving out into uncharted territories uncharted territories territories that we have not been before trying new things that we have never tried before for christ not for ourselves not because we want to know somewhere new that we are going to 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 kenya no it is for christ what we are doing it is for christ stepping out of our comfort zone Let us take a minute and think about comfort. Comfort, think about it when it is cold. Some of us draw for electric blankets, won't call any names on the line. Some people need their electric blankets in the cold. If you're in Jamaica, when the rain is falling, we want to go and sleep. We don't want anybody to be calling us at that time because we want to be cuddled up in our beds because we want to hear the rain. <laughs> yes, Karen, we want to hear the rain. We want to be comfortable. If, if, if we go, we're not calling any names here. Some of us, when we go to get our nails done and our toes done, we need to be massaged. So we have some of us on the platform that constantly make sure that we get our nails done because we're pampered. We're in our comfort zone. We are comfortable, we like comfort. However, Christ is calling us to a place where we are not comfortable anymore. When we stay in our comfort zone, we become stagnant. We become bored, we plateau, we don't grow. This is what happens to people who stays in a comfortable place. We recognize In Acts, Acts is calling us out of our comfort zone. Acts is irregular. Nowhere have we seen the Holy Spirit move in such power in the Bible than in the book of Acts. It requires us to step out from where where we are comfortable with ourselves and what is okay for us and for Christ where is God calling you in terms of moving out of your comfort zone and these are not questions that I'm asking myself alone God is asking us to step out of our comfort zone think about it Philip Philip was now in a place where he was accepted by these people and loved by the people Joyous, friendly, happy, wonderful, enjoying himself. I'm sure Philip must have been drinking wine and relaxing. Think about it when you think of Samaria. It wasn't a good place. But then here comes the Holy Spirit again. Go to Gaza. You know how far Gaza is? 80 miles away from Samaria. 80 miles away. Back then, there was no car to jump in or SUV. You had to walk. Or if you had a donkey and if you know anything about a donkey, it is not comfortable to be riding on a donkey. And it was 80 miles away. This message was given to Philip at noon. According to my research, it was at noon. So imagine Philip traveling 80 miles in the noonday sun. There's nothing comfortable about that, brothers and sisters. There's nothing comfortable. God did not give him an explanation. He was leaving the comfort of Samaria, where there was no Paul or Saul. So he knows that there was no persecution in Sam- Samaria. He is n- there's no persecution there. And the Samaritans loved him. So it is a comfortable place. However, the Holy Spirit is saying, go to Gaza. He doesn't know where Paul is. So here it is. He doesn't know if he will be dragged off and, and, and um, arrested by Paul. By then, Paul was not saved and Paul was still dragging people out of their homes. So just think of his, his mindset, how it could have been. Thinking about, why should I leave this comfortable place for Gaza? But no, did he question God? No, he went not knowing what God was sending him to Gaza for. He went in the hot sun, uncomfortable, but he went because he wanted to leave his fingerprint for the gospel. He was obedient. He was willing. He had a good attitude about it because he went, didn't ask any question, He heard and he just moved. On his way, while he, he when he reached Gaza, he met the Ethiopian Union. You know, the Ethiopian union, who was this man? He was a treasurer for Ethiopia. He worked for the queen mother. Um, the queen mother was the person who ran the country of Ethiopia. The pharaohs back then were considered deity. And so since they were deity, it was beneath them to work. According to my studies, They were the sons of the sun. And therefore, working was not the thing to do for them. However, the the country affairs was taken care of by the Pharaoh's mother. Back then, Ethiopia included Sudan, north and south. It was a big place, it was massive. For the eunuch to travel from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, it would have been. 700 miles and it took 30 days. The, the, the um Ethiopian eunuch was obviously a man of means because we see where he had a Bible and he came to Jerusalem to worship. Apparently there is a possibility in the studies that I did that he might have been a Jew. He might have been a person who can to Judaism. And so he was coming for the Passover once a year. Philip again heard from the Holy Spirit and drew closer to the eunuch. Remember, the eunuch was a foreigner. The eunuch was ethnically different from Stephen in culture, in behavior, in everything. However, um, Sorry, Philip was obedient. Philip went and alongside the carriage. He stepped out of his comfort zone all his life. Do not mix with these um, Gentiles, he was told. However, for Christ's sake, he stepped out of himself. He moved according to what the Holy Spirit said. He had an opportunity and he took it. How many opportunities the Lord gives us in the day? How many times he says, pray with that person, share your testimony. And we have chosen not to do so. We looking, living in the States, we see people all the time of different heritage. It happens in Jamaica as well, in terms of ethnically, there are different people in Jamaica. But do we step outside of our comfort zone like Philip did? Do we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit? The person is filled with demons. Do we listen to the Holy Spirit and cast out those demons? No. The Lord is requiring us to step out of ourselves. To step beyond what we know. Philip did that. Philip reached out to the Ethiopian eunuch and as a result he got to know Christ and he was the first person outside of the Jewish faith we saw that received Christ. He was the first Gentile and he went to the African continent. Continent, I saw that and said imagine Jesus loved us so much. I mean we always hear about the, the gospel going the, from the European and the European comes to, to tell us about the gospel of Christ but here we see in Acts the first person who got the gospel outside of the Jewish faith was an Ethiopian eunuch, and he went to the continent of Africa with the gospel of Christ in Amos 9 verse 7 God paralleled Ethiopia with Israel He said that, he said that Ethiopia and Israel, don't I I care for you both? Psalm 68, verse 31. The prophecy was fulfilled with the Ethiopian coming to Jerusalem to worship. Isaiah 45, verse 14 also says that the Ethiopians will come to Jerusalem and call Jehovah God, their God. So here we see the fingerprint of God from the Old Testament, wanting the Ethiopians to draw near to him. How will he use you to make your mark on somebody's life? Stepping out of our comfort zone requires us to be bold and trust in God. It requires us to surrender our way for his way. It is not, at no point do we see Philip concerned with himself and being self-centered about saving his own skin. But instead, Philip was just concerned with what God told him to do. He was never unwilling to share about the good news of Jesus Christ because we don't see, we we are not at a place where um, when we share the gospel, we are ridiculed. That don't happen now. We're not ridiculed, especially when I was in Jamaica. Sweet Jesus. I talked to anybody I talked about Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. They are normally grateful. They're not normally people who say, go ahead, leave me alone. Um, For people who are not Jamaicans, um, leave us alone. Go away from us. That is not what is said. In Jamaica, we accept the gospel. And even if we don't want to accept it, we are polite about it. But how do we react? Here, people in um, the U.S., some people smile. some people said, no, 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 none of that. But we're not prosecuted. We are not ridiculed. No, but most of our time is spent and concerned with what happens to us. We are not like Philip, where we step out of our comfort zone and ask the Lord to use us. How is the Lord asking us to move from our comfort zone today? Maybe he's asking you to take your vacation and do a mission trip. Maybe he's asking you to take your vacation, your vacation money, and, and and give to the church. Whatever he's asking you to do, be willing to leave a fingerprint for the gospel. What is it that God is asking you to do? What is it that you are so comfortable in staying in your reality? Your reality, I I, I must say, is. Is, um, is going to make you stagnant. It's not going to allow you to grow. If you do the same thing like what you did last year, but 2022, there's no change. There's no growth. We have to do something different. We have to love more. We have to care more. We have to reach out more. We have to, to surrender more to Christ. It's all or nothing. It is not, okay, um, today I am feeling holy, so I surrender today. No, it is a constant surrender, of offering yourself as a living sacrifice to Christ. Then we will see the power of God. Then we will see God moving in a different way. What is the, my last point? The fourth thing that we can learn from Stephen is to, in the face of persecution, Persevere. In the face of persecution, persevere. Persevere for Christ. Persevere knowing that God has your back. Persevere knowing that even if he does not deliver you, it is okay because you are doing his will. Persecution is something that must come. It says in Matthew 5, verse 10 to 11. Jesus calls us blessed because we are persecuted. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. In fact, anyone or everyone who, depending on the the version that you're reading, who wants to live a godly life in Christ will will be persecuted. It's not if, but when. It is a hard pill to swallow. None of us want to be persecuted. None of us want to be out of our comfort zone. But it is in the word. So therefore, the truth is the truth. In John 15, verse 20, it said, If they persecute me, and Jesus was talking here, they will persecute you. It not it does not say if. If they're going to persecute you. It said they will persecute you. Persecution, though Difficult is a normal part of Christian life. Hard pill for swallow. I don't want to swallow it. But it's true. I love comfort. I love my comfort zone. I don't want to step out. But guess what? The only way to get change is to leave what we know as the same. And God says, Jesus says, that we are to leave father mother whomever leave everything for him he left his throne for us what he's asking is minuscule from us god knows that we are not necessarily willing all the time however Being submissive to his will. And in the midst of persecution, recognizing that we we cannot avoid persecution unless we deny Christ. Denying our faith and denying his will for us is the only way to avoid persecution and affliction. Persecution calls us to identify with Christ. When Stephen was martyred, the church flourished and expanded. It was like a seed being planted. And so as a result, an entire city got saved. It wasn't one or two people. It was an entire city. When we're persecuted, we grow in our faith and we drive, we are driven together And we're driven closer to God. Do not underestimate the power of persecution accomplishing God's purpose. In Romans 5 verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that our suffering produces perseverance, and per- perseverance, character, and character, hope. When we are prosecuted, the Lord is changing us. He is molding us. He is using us as that clay, being molded. And so we are molded and our character is changing. And from the character changing, there is hope. What is the fingerprint you are leaving here today? wherever you go. Is it that we serve the fingerprint that you're leaving? Is it that we serve a Dibi God? A God who is not able? A God who is not able to save? A God who is not able to heal? To transform? A God who is able to transform that hardened heart that you have against others? who don't look like you, who don't behave like you, who don't have your strength. We scoff at different things. And if we are to look within our hearts, each of us have our own prejudice. Is it a prejudice that the complexion is not as light as mine? You're not of my class. You're not of my educational background. You're a woman. Who are you? Whatever it is, we are to be honest before the lord and see how is it that he's asking us to influence our society and everywhere that we go what is holding you back is it fear is it prejudice is it indifference is it our lack of compassion our lack of empathy what is crippling you today is it self-centeredness you are just focusing on you and your family how is this crippling you? And what is our response to God? Our response is to surrender to him. And being slaves to righteousness. The truth is, if we do not surrender, we will stay where we are. plateau, become stagnant. And the Lord says that if you are a vessel that he has no use for, he will just throw you out. Being a Christian is not enough. Making your way into heaven by the skin of our teeth is not enough. It says that, um, I think there's a scripture that says that we come in almost like we're smoking. We're just coming in by this. No, we are to be coming in from a place of having how so much crowns on our head because we have made an fingerprint, we have made an imprint, we have made a mark for Christ. That is our whole point of existence. Why are we existing today? Not for ourselves, but for others. For the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. And in order for that to reach, we must submit. We must surrender. We must surrender our own way, our own thinking. So, brothers and sisters, my challenge to you today. How is is God asking you to be obedient? To step out in faith? To leave your comfort zone? That I know for sure that the Lord is saying to us, get up. Jamaicans say, get up. And to persevere in the middle of persecution. Trust in God, despite we have no clue where we're going. Despite we have no clue what he's saying. But like Philip, taking up yourself, I'm going 80 miles down the road, not being sure what God is saying. our hearts is often the problem. We do this much and no more. We decide to, to, I remember when I just became a Christian, I said to the Lord, "Um, I came out of a Catholic background. I was not exposed to evangelical means. So that is my disclosure. And so I said to the Lord, oh, I don't want to be a fanatic. I don't want to be going to church 24 seven. And within a month, I was going to church Thursday night. um, Plus we had Bible study, which was care group on Sunday. And if they had anything else at church, we were going. At Solarfield, I was holding up the church door. But it was from a place of knowing that this was, the Lord allowed me to go this much and no more. This much and no more. Where are you today? Are you submitted truly? Are you submit today and tomorrow you get up back again off the altar, be sick and tired of this. This person gets on top of my nerves. How many times have we gotten on top of God's nerves? But what does he do? do? He loves us unconventionally. And he forgives us. You see the people that we consider not loving. Guess what happened? There are people who don't think we are loving. So whatever we think about others. There's somebody out there thinking about us that way. So let us submit all or nothing. Get off the fence. We submit this much, but we don't go any further. Because going further means that we're fanatics. Be foolish for Christ. Be fanatics for Christ. This is what is charged to you today. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Hallelujah. At this point, if you see the need that you need to recommit your life to Christ, you have been sitting on the fence, you have trusted the Lord in some areas, but you have decided not to trust him with other things. If you just want to dive off and allow the Lord to lead you for 2022, Just take a moment and have a word with him. Be honest with yourself. Be honest where you are at. Nobody don't know your whatever thought life, whatever your personal life with Christ is. But be honest with yourself today. How is it that the Lord is asking me to step out? to step out in faith, to step out of my comfort zone, to be obedient at his still small voice. The simple areas, sometimes it's not the big sin, it's not fornication, adultery, whatever. But when the Lord says shut up, do not answer, do not respond do you? No. You have to tell them how, how school run. You have to let them know what you think. No. Christ is calling us to a place of holiness and purity. And that is when we will see his presence. That is when we will see change. For 2020... Two, be holy as I am holy. Obedience. I require obedience and not sacrifice. Stop bringing a sacrifice and offering. It makes no sense to him. He requires obedience. My brothers and sisters, let us just take a minute and to be silent before the Lord and do your own repenting and do your own offering, all or nothing. No sitting on the sidelines, no observing others, whether or not they're holy what they're doing, but observe your own heart and yourself. Prosecution is just a matter of time. It's not if, but when. Unfortunately, someone was like myself, don't look forward to it. But the gospel of Christ says that we share in his suffering. Everything is not hunky-dory. And because it's not hunky-dory, it does not mean that you are living a sinful life. It means that something is going right, according to what Jesus said. If they prosecute me, they will prosecute you. If you are not a child of God and you do not know the Lord as Savior, or if you have walked away and you need to return to Christ, I would ask you to say this prayer with me. Father, forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart and make my life new. Change my life change me into your image and cause me to walk according to your will father i surrender all this morning i surrender my heart my soul my body and my spirit to you come and have your own way with me in jesus name i pray amen